Welcome to the Association Strong Podcast, where we offer insight from both a seasoned association exec and an entrepreneur. I'm Dave Will. And I'm Tom Morrison. Listen in as we discuss and debate hot topics in the association community. Don't forget to subscribe and share us with your friends. Here we are again, Tommy Bahami. Here we are, Dave Will, man. We're at another great episode of What makes this one so great? What makes this so great, Tom? What I love about this one is we've got the incredible Terry Carden, who's, she talks about her identity crisis with all, because she's doing so many things really well. I'm excited to unpack (laughs) with her today all those things, specifically two things. Everybody hears about non-dos. She's got a big movement going on in that. And then something that not a lot of people are doing, but is creating some excitement and some non-dos and building is review site. So I'm anxious to just jump into that and see how well, that's going. So, so I'm going to let you introduce her. Let me expand on that. I think you just introduced her, but I'm going to expand on it. So Terry is, I think, one of the greatest entrepreneurs I know. It's been wow. really fun to uh, uh, watch you, uh, Terry. I, I've, gosh, I've known you for a long, long time. And when I first met you, you were working for FSAE. What was your role there? I was the marketing and technology director. <laughs> Down at FSAE, mm-hmm. living in Tallahassee. And then you went off and started your own business. And I don't know the order of things, but you ultimately, you're the creator of AMS Fest. You're the creator of Nandusapalooza, which is more current. Uh, you're the founder of 100 Reviews and the founder of Review My AMS. Now, I think Review My AMS and AMS Fest kind of go hand in hand. Is well, that right? uh, I sold AMS Fest to Association Trends a few years ago. So Review My AMS is still my baby. And uh, AMS Fest uh, now operates on its own. However, I always have a special place in my heart for AMS Fest and the people that are involved there. So. I thought you were yeah. a, a, a special place in my heart. I thought you were going to compliment me and just say for you, Dave, because you've known I've known you so long. You know then, that already. You're like a brother, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> so go ahead, Tom. Sorry, I know you. I was going to say something. what's really special about Terry that I love is just like our, one of our last podcasts with Ben Moscolino, where I've been there since the beginning of his rise from salesperson to incredible entrepreneur. I've literally been there from the beginning. I met Terry. In like 2007, when she first came to FSA and she's working the front desk at the office they shared with Tennessee Community College, and she grew through that. And I remember being at a pool at an FSA event one day going, Terry, what, what's like the next five years look for you? And she says, you know, I think I've got this idea about how to bring people together for to review AMS sites. I'm like, man, that sounds awesome. And then catapult to today where she started multiple companies and seasoned entrepreneur in the association space. So it's been very it's incredible when you get to be somewhere from the beginning to where they are in any ride. I know, Dave, you've felt that. I mean, I've been a little bit there for the ride of you with, with Prop Fuel as well. But I didn't know oh, you man, when thanks. you were I didn't I didn't know you when you were nobody. I've only known you when you're somebody. <laughs> I don't, they've, been, they've been somebody out of the womb. Let's be I know, I know. <laughs> they draw somebody, man. Was, who do you know that's nobody? Dave, Dave, Dave came out of the womb going, I've got this idea. <laughs> all i know I, is we do this every day because you guys are so encouraging just like you have been every all along the way so this is a lot of fun to be here with you guys thanks so <laughs> we're glad terry, you're here terry let's let's tom where do you want to start with this because i i know there's we want to tap i, I really want to talk about 100 reviews because i think this whole concept of reviews is a blank slate is a huge gap in the association space which i think was the origins of review my ams because like 
every association for the most part has an AMS, right? Of course, some create their own. Some of the tiny ones might use like a FileMaker Pro or a, or a, a, a spreadsheet. A spreadsheet. <laughs> but uh, don't it's laugh, true. Tom. There's somebody too. I know. I Even know. them, they're not nobody. And uh, so, so, but here's, here's, here, let's everybody uses an AMS. I want to get into that a little bit and do a hundred reviews, but you want to talk about Nanduza. I, I do because I want her to expand because she's been doing this. Now, here's the thing I love about Terry is that she solved a very distinct product because when everyone goes to look at an AMS, the very first thing they ask themselves in that moment is, I wonder what other people say. And Terry built a very specific site that allowed people to communicate what they think about all the AMSs and people could go out there and check it out. And you get, you don't have to make 30 phone calls. You can go look at 30 reviews, which is awesome. Well, you see and the posts all the time and collaborate like, yeah. hey, what is, can people tell me about what they know about Fontiva or what do you know about this other? And it's not just AMSs. I mean, there's, I, I've been fortunate to see people post things like, um, hey, what do you think of CropFuel? We're considering using it. And all of a sudden, I right. call up a couple of customers, and I'm like, "Hey, you know, there's a post you might want to comment on." Yeah. There. So, so I'm going to jump in here, guys, because oh, this you is... are Terry. What are you a guest on our <laughs> Hi, podcast? I remember me. You guys are hanging out with you today. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> no, this is you're actually you're drawing on a really good point, Dave. Which there's research done um, by these professors in Wake Forest um, and out of Wake Forest and. They basically are making the case for why review sites within associations are are important. And this is outside of any kind of research that I even knew about or or even was going ongoing before I jumped into the science, business and ethics of, of and studying online reviews. This was happening because once uh, online communities became so prevalent in the association community, we see that we started seeing a whole lot more of this um, request for recommendations and reviews happening in this online community. Well, now that we're in a modern era of using Yelp and TripAdvisor, you know, you've got Yelp where you have this, uh, you know, you want to get a $25 really juicy, yummy hamburger when you land in Chicago, where are you going to go? But for the best hamburger in town, what do you do? You go to Yelp, you know, you're going to buy a new cappuccino machine because, you know, maybe you have a new boyfriend coming over in a couple of months and you want to really impress him. Well, you go to Amazon and you research and you figure out all of your, you know, the best options for a cappuccino. I'm always machine. looking at the reviews in Amazon, always. Yeah. This is in a, fact, this I is even a... sort by the reviews oftentimes. Sure. Yeah, this is a habit of buyers, right? But what happens in the B what happens in the in the world where um, where our members are having to make really hard decisions about products and services that they're buying at work? What do they do? They're right. Kind of so that's not that, a Yelp or a TripAdvisor to go to. What do they do? They go to collaborate, or they go mm -hmm. to these online communities or these open forums, and they ask their peers. But this is a very uh, little bit of a. Um, and, and not a very cohesive format for us to be processing this information, right? Well, you think about it, Terry, it's not even a good format because guess what? The people that really want to say something really honest are not going to say really honest unless they just have a bold personality. You don't get, you don't get people responding like you would like, you know, typically it's people saying, Hey, you know, I, we had a good experience with them, but the, no, no one's going to step on for probably liability purposes because you know, they're not, they're just not going to tell you the truth, you know, and that have you depth. thought about that, Terry? 
<laughs> you know, I have an answer already, just primed and ready to go, don't you, Dave? Um, yeah, no, I mean, the forums, depending on the type of membership that you have, uh, you know, some people, some, some membership types are more vocal and more honest, and some aren't, you know, it just depends on the kind of membership that you have. But what I like to tell people is when you were dealing with online forums or, or any kind of, um, content where members are in charge of creating the content because that ultimately that's what an online community is mm -hmm. it's membership content right so um, anytime members are in charge of creating the content um they're you know that sort of makes people who are in the leadership positions on staff or even sometimes the board a little bit weak in the knees because why there is this possibility Lost that control. something could go wrong, right? You know, do y'all mm -hmm. remember the days of Twitter? Like, oh, we can't have a Twitter handle because what if somebody tags us and they don't like <laughs> us? And, you know, this would be horrible. Well, now that's the main way to communicate with Southwest when you're really upset about something, right? You know, just think how far we've come when that was our original thought process with Twitter handles, right? So we we now understand that the member voice or the voice of the end user is really important. But what we're not doing is we're not drawing the straight line between um, or we're not putting a place for all of these opinions and yet end user ideas to be had. I'll often come at, kind of say with people that are a little shaky in the knees about creating these portals or these places where members can give uh, end user opinions or contribute content, I'll often say, compare it to like Facebook and LinkedIn. I'll say, okay, here's the deal. From what I've seen in running review sites and having clients run review sites over the last eight years, this is what I know. You know, it's very parallel to Facebook and LinkedIn. On Facebook, you have this, this profile where you've got your children, you've got your pets, you're taking pictures and posting of your vacation. A lot of times your political beliefs are there. These are very private matters sometimes that people are sharing in this forum, right? It's very different in LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, you know, people are realize that that's a professional profile that they're standing behind, right? And this yeah, on Facebook, profile. I brag about how awesome my relationship is with my wife and my kids. And LinkedIn, I brag about how awesome I am in my career. Exactly. So I, I see the difference right? there. You definitely yeah. see the difference. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. And so and so whenever we think about Yelp, you know, or how we're producing reviews in the consumer world, that's parallel to how we're producing um, content on Facebook. It's kind of like the wild, wild west. You never just really know what you're going to get. But when you're producing reviews, you know, in a place that is a protected place and is behind a professional profile, like a LinkedIn or like a, a reviews a tool that is generated by the association or an online community that is run by the association, you've got a professional pro profile that you're trying to protect. And that's the real difference here that we're dealing with um, in the you know, consumer world versus the end user content generated world on a member like a membership organization. So, Terry, uh, can you give me an example? Because I, I, I can think about how association executives would use review sites to pick an AMS or to pick a community or pick a, a marketing automation system. But tell me about how, uh, like, give me an example of an association and how they might utilize a review site to service their members. 
Yeah, sure. So you just threw out a few, uh, you know, verticals or through a few, a few tool ideas, right? Like email marketing, right? Well, there are sites out there like G2 Crowd and Captera and Trust Radius that all ha- are collecting reviews in this, in the world of, from people that are using these tools all over the world. You could actually be, you know, a stay at home mom who has a five hour, you know, five hour a week gig with somebody and you're using Hootsuite and you wanted to give a review on Hootsuite, you can go to Captera and give a review on Hootsuite or SurveyMonkey or any of the tools out there really, right? Um, and that there's a great place in this world for those, those review sites. What makes those review sites different than a review site that's designed specifically for an association and an association's members is that it is uh, clearly um, designed so that the association members can give reviews on specific things that they're using at work. So let me give a good example of this. Uh, let's pretend uh, I am the Laser Dentistry Academy. Okay, we all know the executive director there, so this makes a great example. Um, there are eight laser manufacturers in the world. Wait, I'm sorry, who's who's the executive director there? Gail Simonowski. Oh, I didn't. Hi, Gail. I, yeah, okay. You're watching. I know Gail. So Gail is from. Uh, she's now the president of FSAE. Is I didn't yes. realize she was also. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So uh, in the laser dentistry world, there are eight laser manufacturers. Okay. Tom, you can relate to this because you're in manufacturing, right? Right. So um, there are eight laser manufacturers and it's a pretty competitive world. If you go to the laser dentistry trade show, you see these giant booths, they got their lasers there. They're promoting like crazy to these dentists who are getting ready to move over into laser and their practices, which by the way, only 20% of dentists are actually practicing laser dentistry. So imagine if this is the future of dentistry, how much that laser industry is gonna grow over the next 10 to 20 years, right? We know, like we know this from the trends. And so how cool would it be if- Let me finish that sentence. How cool would it be if they were doing like lasers in your mouth with Pink Floyd in the background? That's immediately what I thought of when you started talking about lasers and dentists. And I'm thinking, shoo, they shut the lights down. They turn on, they put on these goggles. They take out their laser dentistry stuff, turn on a little Pink Floyd and- Or Star Wars be music. Yeah, I was just Is that what say, you were going to say, Terry? Where's your lightsaber, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> okay, little nerd. Is that what you were going to say, though? Is that what would be cool? It was really close. Was yeah, really okay. Close Go on. <laughs> Um, yeah, not nearly as awesome. Maybe you should talk to those guys. Uh, so no, how cool would it be though, if the 20% of laser dentists that are using these, one of these eight laser manufacturers could go on and give a review of how they're using their, and their, with their satisfaction with their current laser. Let's talk about things like value for price you know this is a high-end strategic buy that they're about to use for their buy for their practice right how well do they do on customer support how well does it do on functionality or ease of use how well does it do on um, training training to use the the laser itself you know um where you know they could do five-star ratings on all of those things and that's very specific to the laser manufacturers right and to the laser equipment and to the members that are buying this And so we can design review sites that 
that are very specific to what buyers would want to see reviews on, right? So how cool would it be is if I'm walking through the trade show floor and I'm like, oh yeah, I love this XYZ laser manufacturer and I love the ABC laser manufacturer. I have no idea where to go. I guess I could ask Joe Schmo over here and I go and I ask Joe Schmo, okay, which laser manufacturer are you using? And he's like, oh, I'm using XYZ. And he's like, well, why didn't you go with ABC? And as soon as that opinion is had between the two of them, this is very common in what we see in the association world, right? Right. The two of them part ways. And what happens to that conversation? It evaporates into the ether. And all of that amazing knowledge that was just shared between the two of them is poof, gone. Well, what if we, we could take that information and put it in a place that looked like Yelp or TripAdvisor or something we're very familiar with and have that end user review be there for the good of the order? Enter so 100 reviews. And the fear of many suppliers because they, they're like, what? You're going to let people talk about us online? No, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. No, I, think, I, think I, I want awesome. to be a part of the conversation. So, so Terry, in terms, is this a member? I mean, obviously, there's value to members. Is do you see these gated to to members? Like, are is the dentistry? What was the association again? They're not actually using that platform. It was just an example. Okay, but like uh, hypothetically speaking, the dentistry association uh, are 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 they? Uh, would they gate this in theory? Would so, they gate this to their members? Is that a member that's a benefit? great question? There's a lot of models, much like online communities. And I'm sorry, I keep using that that them as an analogy, but no, that's, that works because um, we actually just had a couple episodes about communities. So this okay, is and a, a lot good of people timing. really, you know, we're down the path enough now with online communities that people understand a lot yeah, of the totally. concepts behind how it works. So. Um, much like online communities can have different strategies, you can have different strategies for your review site as well. We have one client that it's a member only access, you know, even they, and they do not have suppliers as members. They have supplier members, but that's not their core membership. And they do not actually even have access to the review site. So it's not a non-dues revenue generator for that organization. It's a member benefit. Okay, then another client, they have it where it's their statewide organization and they actually spun up a separate LLC and they're they've got the, the site that they're using as a review site that could be good for any of the state organizations or any of their members and even outside of their own industry, it's good for for this, for, for an industry that's kind of an ancillary industry as well. And so it's ungated. Anyone can give a review on any of the product or services there that they're working within that industry. Um, there's another one that they actually use. Wait, wait, can I interrupt for a second? Yeah. So right, right there though, that model. So that was an example of an ungated review site, mm -hmm. which I think would be great exposure, perhaps to draw new members in. Absolutely. But could they license that? to the other states like if we're some state that came up with an awesome review site uh, i mean is that something you could visualize happening as non-dues like leave it open to uh the community but white label it to each state so it basically it yes. looks like a benefit to that state membership yes absolutely and it could be something where um each of the reviews that are shared on those products and services go out to each of those review sites that is that is white labeled for that specific state. 
So you're not losing any of the content to one state or the yeah. other. All of the yeah. content is in one place. So that's definitely a model to work with. Yeah. Um, another model is um, it is both it's open to members only. So we have an integration with one of the reviews has an integration with Higher Logic. So a lot, a lot of the functionality, once you're logged into Higher Logic, you can see, you know, a quick panel of, of, of reviews. You can actually go straight to the review site from there. People can tag or link to the review site from, a, from an actual um, post within Higher Logic. Um, and then, so once they're logged into Higher Logic, then they have access to the, their review, the reviews, right? And so just like a navigation, it'll be like read reviews. And so they can pop over, read the reviews on the products or services. And um, it works seamlessly and it's accessible for both the vendor supplier members as well as the, the members of, from, from within industry. And that is a huge non-dues revenue generator for one of our flagship clients, um, the Veterinary Hospital Managers Association. So I'm a big believer in these, Dave. I mean, you think about it. So she talked early on about, you know, somebody's going to go buy a $25 piece of whatever consumer base and they go look at reviews. Well, our members and most members of like manufacturing associations, realtors, many, many, many associations members are spending 25 grand, 250 grand on product. And I know when I go buy a big piece of equipment, the first thing I do is whether it's Google, Amazon or whatever, I could try and go look for some review that gives me some idea because that's the first thing people say when they go to buy anything of su substance is what are other people buying this saying and what, how good is this company in the key areas? And so that's why I think, and I, I've been a big proponent that somebody's going to do this in every industry and it can either be the association in the, in the front overseeing it or it can be some industry publication that doesn't have the best interest of the members or the industry at heart. They're, they're very profit-based. So they've got a different little bit of mentality to put this in, into play. So I think every yeah. association should be analyzing, is this make sense for our industry? This seems like such an awesome role value add for an association to bring to the, um, I've known Terry and I've known of this for a long time. I don't think we've ever had a conversation this long about um, reviews and the depth of what you do and or the value that you're bringing to associations like i i think the association is a perfect entity to host a review site because in theory it's uh totally totally objective yeah right and and so that's a, a great place to house this thing tom and where i would struggle is thinking about the association like what are the tools that should be included in that review site so tom like what in your in metal treating institute what what i uh, what tools or systems or platforms or technologies what would you put into a review, a review site well for us you know to me it boils down to i mean I'm, I'm a part of as a speaker i'm on one of terry's sites called reviewmyspeaker.com and it's a great site for people to go look up and see ratings of how we, so ours would operate similar to that where you see like six or five to seven key components that we feel like would be instrumental in seeing ratings on how they perform in those areas. And then, and then a simple uh, review. Uh, you know, what uh, technology did you say? I'm sorry. There, there, she, one of her Are you evading sites, the question? No, one of her review sites is reviewmyspeaker.com. No, I got that one. But what about in MTI, like Metal Treating Institute? Like that's a good one. Review. What do we people. currently have, or if we were going to have a review site, what would we do? If you were to, I mean, if you were to review, I mean, it's, it's such a great value add. If you were to add a review site to your association, what would it review? Like that's where I get stuck. It, 
it, it so we have we have furnace manufacturers just like the the laser dentistry has large equipment for laser dentistry yeah. we have furnace manufacturers we have um, sensors and probe manufacturers we've got manufacturers that do all kinds of manufacturing for our heat treat members and so we could we could literally review all those different things at different capacities okay um, so terry let's talk about that for a second then so if you have like furnaces and he mentioned like two other big pieces of technology would that all be in one review site or do you have three review sites one for each technology you can do it and the model is again it's open um in the case of vhma they have all products and services that their members are buying and anything that becomes comes in new can be approved so then it'll be a new product or service that they're buying so it's a database a giant yeah. giant list of of options that can then be filtered down right as the user needs to view However, um, some are very specific, like the National Golf Course Owners Association. They have, in their case, tea time management software. So one might think, what the heck? Of course, clubhouses need tea time management software, right? Just like associations need AMSs. So it's very similar. There's about 60 competitors in that, in that space. And you've got about 30, 20 that are, you know, heavy hitters in marketing and, you know, set up their booths at the trade show and are sponsoring the association's events and those kinds of things. And then you have just a handful of them that are doing actually a really good job um, with their clients. And so then the rest of them are all being old, oversold and underdelivered in that marketplace. And it is a broken record in their online community and at their conferences. What tea time management software are you using? What tea time management software? Well, now they have a place where the members can actually go and read reviews of what people are using so that whenever they're in the buying process, they can make a smarter buying decision. So that's a great example. Now, what association is that? The National Golf Course Owners Association. Okay, so the National Golf Course Owners Association, do they also drive revenue by charging the tea time software to post their review or to, to have a entry there like i love where you're going here so that is another part of the model that can be fleshed out whether or not you want it to be an opportunity for your sponsors to have a say or be able to reply to reviews have a primary placement of their name on the listings page have a what i call like a buyer's guide looking profile page um be able to uh stand for transparency in the marketplace like let's talk about the soft softer side of this when a vendor comes in and they support a review site, like let's pretend, you know, pro golf something or other comes in and says, yeah, I wanna pony up my thousand dollars a year to support this review site and get this primary placement and be able to reply to reviews, see all the reviews of my competitors, have this buyer's guide looking page, be able to get lead generation through this portal and all that good stuff. But more than that, what I'm telling you is that I'm listening to what my clients are saying. And more than that, I want you to know that I'm, we're listening and we stand for transparency and the end user's voice. And that says volumes to that company's name and that company's reputation in the marketplace, because that means they're not afraid of the product that they're creating and the customer service that they're, that they're um, supplying to their clients. Is that really the revenue opportunity when it comes to a review site is charging yeah. the manufacturers of whatever? Yeah, yeah that's where the it. real non-dues revenue opportunity comes in. And I know I keep bringing up our flagship client VHMA, but they have done such an amazing job with this. They had a buyer's guide that they actually sunset. 
sorry, buyer's guide, you know, people out there, <laughs> but. Um, well, compare the two actually, because you say buyer's sure. guide and all of a sudden, I mean, obviously a picture of the magazine, right? Which is brutal to get through. Right. But like, can't you have a digital buyer's guide? What's right. A lot of people have this site? online format where you could do a search. Um, ASAEs is called market base. And so you could do a search for AMSs and, you know, all of the AMSs that have a listing and the buyer's guide then populate there with their logo and the person you're supposed to contact and maybe a little bit of information about them. Well, all of that functionality is completely open and available in the review site as well. However, you've got these end user opinions of this company that are tied to it. Right? Yeah. Okay. Right. See, buyer's so, guide, Dave, and, and using them and put them together as an association. A buyer's guide gives you information, but doesn't help you influence your brain as to what decision you should make. The, the review site takes it one step further and has the content from users to help influence your user knowledge to make an actual choice. I think those so are the Tom, riddle me this. Why don't you have a review site for MTI? So let's, Tom, let's I talk. swear I did not set him up on this. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm asking because so I don't let's, get let's, it. Let's, it have Terry, let's have Terry talk about the pink elephant in the room that no one really wants to address at the time that they're talking about this. And that is the, the pink moment, elephant. You never heard of the, the big white pink elephant? elephant in the room? There's a big pink elephant in the room that no one wants to talk about. It's in is every it single conversation. All right, it is. Go on. I've, I've heard it's pink. Okay. I've seen it. So, <laughs> so the big pink it's elephant. always with you for some reason. Right, right. It's so like, weird. Don't talk, about, don't talk about that. We don't. <laughs> quiet. Stop it. So, so we're, we're we have so to, so review sites have one major thing that gets in the way. It's called fear, and it's fear of the moment someone is going to go online and talk about your company. The first thing people think about is the two percent that actually is going to actually post something bad against the ninety-eight percent that are going to post something good. And so that's what you have to, I think, and Terry, I'll address this in a few moments. That's what you have to educate and bring your supplier base. If you have a huge supplier base that are members of your association, they sponsor a lot of things and they have a lot, not a lot of influence, but they, but they do swing a big stick because they're potentially you would lose those suppliers if things were bad and you were the impetus of that information. So I think that's a challenge. You're worried that you're, this review site would offend one of your big players. No, no. We, we it, it could it could it could potentially offend a lot of them, you know, because every supplier is got a little bit of a fear factor. Okay, okay, you made your point, Terry. Online. What's the rebuttal to this? I'm going to tell a story as a rebuttal. Okay, you ready? <laughs> crack my knuckles here. She's getting her muscles ready. <laughs> I was sitting across the table from one of the largest um, competitors in the AMS space a few years ago. It's about probably five years ago now. And he very proudly with his big muscles and his beer that in front of him that he bought himself and my beer that he bought me in front of me, which I don't even drink beer, but that's okay. It was <laughs> worth it for this conversation. And I said, um, so what's going on, dude? Like, why, why aren't you pulling the trigger on this? Why won't you support Review My MS? Do you not understand what's happening here? And he made an offer to buy Review My MS because he knows, he knew, he said, my clients are not happy. And with Review My MS, the world is finding out. Mm. And I said, yeah, that's the deal. And sorry, no deal. I think you're missing how this really works. And he said, fine, you know, I get it. You know, I just want you to know, like, I think this is like comparing apples to oranges. And, you know, I don't really like, and, you know, the things that people are saying are adding up and blah, blah. And I said, you know, you have an opportunity to make it right in the world if you just 
become a supporter and listen, right? Listen to it's what time to listen clients, to what's going on in the what market. Your clients are saying and <laughs> respond to that, you know, be a part of the conversation is would say so much more. So fast forward one year, we were sitting at the exact same table in national Harbor Gaylord. And he, we had two beers in front of us, probably the exact same beers as the year before. And he threw down a check for $6,000. And he said, this is just a teeny tiny portion of the round of funding that we just got. And just so you know, $2.2 million of this round of funding is going straight to customer service because we're really tired of getting bad reviews and losing deals from Review My AMS. Yeah. And I, to, Time to I fix it, man. Story, I you, tell you this cried, story to this day and I get chills. I have chills all over. It's right awesome. Now. Like, I, I, I see that. It, the way it's supposed to work. All ships rise whenever we can bring transparency to a marketplace. And you, if you start driving a conversation around a certain area of interest, it's you're right. All, all ships rise. The lake rise. Everything rises at that point. So it's uh, I see you smirking. Not sure what you're smirking at, but I, probably because I'm fumbling around with my words. All right. So listen, this is what we do. Actually, there's one more thing I'd like to talk about if we could. Um, non palooza So we're talking about revenue, obviously, around review sites. Uh, by the way, it's 100reviews.com, correct? Yep. The number one zero zero. Yes, one zero zero. I want to say something real quick to go back before we finish out that topic. No, we were done with that. <laughs> we're all, <laughs> the pink elephant is gone. He's I, well, I, I just want to. I just want to encourage people. If if you're an association that can work, because the, the fear that fear I talked about is the only speed bump in the process with suppliers. And if you if you've got an association that can work through that and do it pretty effectively. You should not even hesitate at doing this because it is going to be the wave of the future and it is going to be somebody somebody's going to do in your industry. So I just want to kind of hit on that because it being the only speed bump, if you can work through that fear base of the suppliers from getting reviewed and they're like, you know, what, we see this as a bigger picture and we want transparency because they'll rise to the top. I'm telling people on this listenership that you should you should be checking into this like now and not wait because this it can be a huge impact on your membership because everybody's asking the same question. When they go to buy something as your as your members, what do other people think and who are they using it? And you could see a dramatic you find out, right? So, so all right. So so Terry, tell me about Nandusapalooza because I well, I know enough about it, but tell our listeners a little bit about Nandusapalooza and yeah, what sure. it is. It's because I think this is a good segue from one hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we gave examples of how associations can generate Nandus revenue. I started using a review site. And uh, for a while there, I was creating content like crazy around the science, business, and ethics of online reviews and why associations needed this information. There's just no straight line. Well, once VHMA really started um, generating revenue from their um, new review site after they set, sunset their buyer's guide, by the way, they went to three supporters to now I think they have like 60 supporters or something. They went in the black within 30 days of actively selling this um, the, the notion of the review site. So I said, oh my gosh, here's the ticket. We needed to be talking about non-dues revenue and how associations can generate new, uh, new forms of revenue by using new tools like 100 reviews. And so I started creating content around that. And lo and behold, that content was getting looked at and picked up about 300 times more than any of the content I was writing about for review stuff. And so I said, oh, okay, now I see what associations really want to know about is how to make money, how to make more money, how to help the bottom line so they can propel their missions forward. 
And so I said, why don't I continue to be a glutton for punishment? You know, we talked about my FSAE FSAE days and my ARE days, you know, and the events were always, you know, such a doozy, an animal, a beast of a of a, of a project to take on, but somehow I just love the energy and the buildup and the cycle of an event. And so I thought, okay, well now I'm no longer, you know, at the helm of AMS Fest, the beautiful ladies of association trends are, and again, being a glutton for punishment, I decided let's spin up uh, an event all around non-dues revenue. And so it's a place where products and suppliers that have these you know, brilliant ideas of how associations can generate non-dues revenue get to mash up and meet up with really curious, innovative, inventive, willing to try risk-taking association executives to have conversations about how to do those things. And you've done a good job at turning that into a year-long conversation. Of course, you were forced into that a little bit in 2020, when you, which mm-hmm. was the first year in Andusapalooza, got a little smack in the face with this yeah. thing called COVID. <laughs> so that was a virtual year, but you did this really interesting thing of turning into like a long-term virtual recurring sort of event. And then 2021, this year was in Nashville back in, in September. Mm-hmm. And you're doing it again in 2022. Where do people go if they want to like sign up for the, I know sure. you send out emails related to review. I'm, I'm sorry for Nanduzapalooza. Where do they go for that? Yeah. Um, so Nanduzapalooza.com. That's N-O-N-D-U-E-S-A-Palooza, P-A-L-O-O-Z-A.com. But let me. Just um, like it I'm, sounds. Nanduzapalooza. Yeah. Let me throw this out there, Dave, really fast. Um, we're doing something completely different this year for Nanduzapalooza. We're really? flipping a model on its head. And um, we have an amazing space at the city, city winery in downtown Nashville, where we're going to have this event. So again, fostering that you know, culture of conversation and a really fun atmosphere. But beyond that, association executives come at no cost. And what? What they, so, that it's, what, so it's free to go down. You just got to pay your flight, here's, here's, pay your hotel. The, everybody's like, well, what's the catch, right? The catch is non-dues this this event is so new and our community is so hungry for content that in order to attend Nanduzapalooza, you've got to give something to the community. You've got to either fill out a survey, you've got to um, create a video about why you're excited or what you want to learn or what you expect out of this year in your Nandu's pl- programming, um, or you can write us an article that we can post in our, in our blog. You've got to give something to the community in order to be able to attend. Then if by some crazy chance, you don't come to Nanduzapalooza. You're like, ha ha, Terry. Yeah, I gave you all that. And I told you I was coming, but I really can't anyway. My board got in the way or whatever the case is. Sorry, too bad. You're going to then we'll pay $500. So that's really the, the model because I'm so tired of, um, I've seen this event after event after event where we're begging for people to come in person now. And it's no longer going to be about that. It's going to be more community driven. So I'm really excited to see how that turns out this year. And you can find out all about it on nanduzapalooza.com starting around March 1st of this year. We'll have all the information there. And so the business model for you, um, that's awesome for for uh, the association space. Uh, and the business model from more of an entrepreneur's perspective is going to be around getting sponsors to fund yeah. it. Is that the idea? Yep. We're and, already- and what's valuable <laughs> for the sponsors is if there's more association execs exactly. you know, to, to have conversation with, 
that makes it more attractive to sponsors and therefore yeah. more valuable. Yep. Yeah, cool. And we're going to do a workshop on the front end of it and have a uh, have a good reception the night before. So we're we've got lots of moving parts to make this a really exciting and very um, good deep dive on how execs can not only just have ideas presented to them, but this year is really focused on taking those ideas and putting action to them. So um, how, building business cases, um, what do business models look like? Um, how to actually implement and sustain new programs and what success looks like. So that's really what the conversation's like for this year. So I'm really excited. I like right, how Tom. Terry has taken the digital model of advertising and it's free to an in-person model of it's sponsored and it's free to the attendee. Like we'll see how it goes. I don't know. I'm throwing so, yeah, the, the wall here. <laughs> the big question is, I mean, the, the, really all that is done on the premise that people didn't go because of the price of the ticket, right? And uh, and that by taking away the price of the ticket, you're going to drive attendance higher, right? You're gonna we're going to find out, right, Terry? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not necessarily about the price of the ticket. It's really more about community. And it's about also from a marketing perspective, um, you know, if, if you've been privy to any of the events in the last six months, what you've seen is buy one, get one, or you register and your whole team comes, or hey, ps, here's a secret code for this or that, and we're devaluing all over the place. Well, right now I'm saying the value is not coming in the for the price of your ticket. The value is coming in you coming and participating and being a part of this community so we can all learn together. That's where the value comes in. That's interesting. You're devaluing it. Okay. So we end these podcasts with this little um, uh, thing where Tom will uh, tell us his one key takeaway. I'll tell you our key, my key takeaway. And then I want you to look back on the conversation and it is some epiphany, or maybe it's a point that you want to drive home. Um, but one key thing that you want people taking away from the podcast. So go ahead, Tom, what do you got? So my key takeaway is something I said earlier on that if, if the associations need to vet review sites of that thing, it's kind of like the Uber of today. It's eight years from now, they're going to look back and say, oh my gosh, I wish we had done the review site. It's that kind of thing. And so for me, the takeaway is get in touch with Terry, vet the review site for your association, your industry, and see if the association is, is in a place to do that and put that in play. Because eight years from now, if it does become real, you're going to wish you had done it. Yeah, I, for me, it's very similar. And this is starting to sound like an ad for Terry, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> but it, uh, I can't believe how many associations don't have a review site for their members. And in fact, I actually really like the idea of, um, of, of gating it. I don't know. I could, I could have that debate with myself back and forth. I also like the idea of drawing, drawing people from the industry in to the associate. I don't know. I'm going back and forth on that, but the key for me, the key takeaway is like, I'm, I'm just shocked that not everybody has built in a review site. They're all using these buyer guides, which are, uh, I guess it eliminates the fear, Tom, and it's a, it's an obvious revenue stream, but you can keep the revenue stream in a more transparent environment. That's a much greater value to the members with a, rev a review site. Right, I agree. Hey, Terry, you're up. Okay, so I'm gonna throw out something that might be compelling based on what you guys are saying, but um, then I'm gonna end with a quote if that's okay with you guys. It is, um, I, I, somebody gave me a, a calendar with a whole, <laughs> a, a quote from every single day 
and I've got them right in front of me. So I'll end with a quote too, but go on. Okay, cool. I like it. So um, running Review My MS for the last eight years, I am literally sitting on the largest data asset of end user opinions on the most important software tool in association management. And I am little Terry Carden. <laughs> and that does not make sense. Um, so what associations really need to be thinking about much farther beyond non-dues revenue or you know, even bringing member value as soon as tomorrow, think about the data and the data that you're going to have about trends and about what is happening in a, what could be a very convoluted, confusing, high sales industry in your marketplace, in your members marketplace. And you could be the answer to that. And then you're sitting on all this data. This kind of data has five times more value than any other kind of data in, 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 the, um, in the data world. So that's just something extra to think about that I think associations often don't flex that quite that far. Um, that I'll leave associations to think about in terms of the data world and how review sites can help there. But uh, I love this quote that has kind of stuck with me for the last couple of years. Um, and Dave, you mentioned how 2021 was, <laughs> 2020 was kind of a wreck with, with running a new event. Um, and it was, but we pivoted. And so this, this quote is kind of in light of that. Our RBG said, so often in life, Things that you regard as an impediment turn out to be great good fortune. Mm, amen to that. And, and in fact, that speaks directly to Tom in in his fear uh, of uh, a negative review. Right? These are the in, in impediments that lead us to greatness and to to improving the things that need to be improved to fixing we'll quantify that, that. it's not my fear it's the fear of every association looking at this that's going to be the speed bump I'm, I'm a firm believer in it i think it should we should you're, run not, afraid, you're not afraid of anything i ain't um, scared of crap all right bring it okay. on dave Terry, really, really nice having you on board i told you i was going to give you a quote too because you motivated me here's one the best outcomes come from inspiring people to action, not telling them what to do. And as a leader at my little company, that's something I need to remember. I'm going to pin that one up But as for these association executives and all the leaders out there. It's a great reminder. We don't want to tell people what to do. We want to inspire them to action. I'm glad you pulled out your calendar because that's who popped up on our calendar yesterday. <laughs> Terry Cardin. January 25th. So I fun. love it. All right. Thank you, Terry. Yeah, Thank you all have an awesome afternoon. Dave, always another great, because you know what we say, there is strong, and then there is association strong. We do friend. say that. We, Tom we. says that all the time. We, we, <laughs> we say that, I mean. Thanks, Terry. Thanks, guys. <laughs> we hope you gained some inspiration that will help an efficient and effective association just like a business, and maybe laugh a little with us. If you have a topic you would like to hear us talk about, or if you just want to reach out to us for any reason, you can contact us at Tom at TomMorrison.biz or Dave at PropFuel.com. Give us a review if you haven't already. And don't forget, subscribe and share with your friends.